Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of the Goddamn Milkman Immediated Podcast. Today, I want to talk about my comic buying habits, but also kind of where American comics have been pushing for the trends to be going and things I've been seeing, especially as I've been reading more older comics and kind of realizing where some of my tastes lie. So I've been buying comics my entire life, basically. I used to buy only back issues. Um, then when I got to high school, around 2001, I started doing subscriptions where a few comics would come to me in the mail. And with that, I started getting more interested in being current. And, you know, out of high school and then into college, I started doing my monthly pulls that were only a few books. And that's grown and grown to the point where now it's a lot every month. I'm keeping up with basically every spider book, every X book, number of other things month to month. And I've tried a number of independent books, number of independent minis here and there, all kinds of things. And I'm starting to wind down again. There's a lot of reasons for that. I've acquired such a backlog um, that it's comical and I need to create more time to approach that and enjoy that. And I'm finding that I'm enjoying that more than the newer issues. So that's the main crux of it. Uh, but also, um, if I go through and I look at a box, like I, I mostly do short boxes uh, of say x-men and i look at that run and then i look at how many x books it takes to fill a short box now it's about a short box a year of all the x books versus if i take a box of uncanny it's basically a decade's worth i know that's not one-to-one um but it feels that way for spider-man stuff too and I, when I'm getting a lot of it, I'm realizing, like, what's the point? I only enjoy so much of it, and there is a certain importance or extra interest with the main books of the time. But uh, keeping up with that amount is just so much. But also, Marvel is pushing that much more. Instead of selling you X-Men once a month and maybe a spinoff with a different crew or something like that, they're pushing multiple X-Men books and other teams and X, Y, and Z, or two books of Amazing a month and then a spinoff and then related characters and things like that. And it's just a glut. And at a certain point with the amount of five-issue minis or six-issue minis and the supposed ongoings that get cut off early and then the ongoings that they keep pushing and renumbering for number ones and whatnot and hearing more and more from authors about how they need to make events happen and whatnot it's not that that went away if you listen to claremont talk about his run um the need to push for events did happen that's why inferno happened when it did that's some um, part of the push for the mutant massacre and whatnot there needed to be these kind of moments of event but i think part of the reason they sold about at the time is um and what claremont kind of built to naturally through creative endeavors is he saw a need to build character relations and there was a lot of that but he wanted to do more of that but eventually the fans needed some catharsis and then also with it being marvel there's always been an editorial push for 
X amount of pages of punching per issue and that sort of thing, which Claremont is the creator that got away from that the furthest because he was able to maintain sales. Um, but when it came to X-Men Forever and whatnot, he kept going because he was doing what he wanted and it was essentially his own side universe. Um, but he said when he saw the numbers of what it was selling, he's glad Marvel cut him off because if, his, if it only had that much interest, what's the point nobody's reading? It was basically his summation. And I, I think there's something to that, but also comics are so much more niche now, but also the numbers are fractured. It used to be um, sales data was a lot more accurate. And so what you'd get in sales numbers is how much was sold to the shops and the shops, you know, had a more average return rate, um, you know, aside from some sort of massive damage to the books or whatever, it used to be more in line. They send so much back, but the return policies have changed. They can't really send things back as much anymore. Um, and after so much time on the shelves, um, if they're going to do certain things with the book, they have to tear covers off. Uh, to do anything because then because otherwise they could be selling it on the back end if they're supposedly putting the books back or something um, it's disheartening and a little bit horrifying um, but also there are digital sales also there's a lot more people waiting for trades also yeah the industry's smaller but also like when you have one x-men book a lot more people are going to push on one book Whereas you are micro-fracturing your own audience when you have 10 X-Men books a month. Um, so there's that. But the era in which there was that one book and the focus and the creative vision and the freedom for creators to do what they want uh, is when the heart of what the X-Men meant to me, because it was exploring persecution and how people on the outside of society you know find and meet and connect with other people and there's a lot of beauty in it and there's a lot of uh old school literary prowess put into those books through pure creative spirit i, I don't know quite how to put it but like a lot of the creators coming to books now and whatnot have storied experience academic experience um credentials before they're allowed to work on these kinds of books because of all the pedigree but i mean when jerry conway started on amazing spider-man he was an intern in the office that stan picked to have deuce because he was closer in age to spider-man and thought there would be some creative connection there he churned out a number of stories that are now considered classics but if you read it with a authored eye if you will um, there are certain storytelling gaps and whatnot. And Jerry Conway has said, you know, like, that certainly isn't my best effort. I was 16 at the time, fresh. No, ex like, no real experience coming up. And, like, it shows, A, that storytelling comes from a place of creativity and the need to tell a story more than experience than anything, I think. But also that the best way to learn really is by doing and that there's a, so many stories now that are so tied to personhood and making sure everything is rounded off and making sure that everything connects in a way that loses the excitement of what the comics were because there would be little things that got lost along the way. And 
that was fine because it made the new things that came along more creative and the interest there and there's more of a spark it was more freeform independent storytelling and now everything is so corporate and that's the thing i think i really noticed because when disney bought marvel and then wb really locked down the reins on dc um I was worried about how that was going to affect the comics. We saw some things with corporate influence, like with um, the Inhumans being pushed over the X-Men until movie rights reverted and that sort of thing. Um, I didn't like any of that. But the the storytelling in the comics that existed were was still a little bit more organic. But now, because of the hiring practice, the fact that the bullpen isn't there. It's the other thing is Claremont would talk about and others from that era would talk about like being the opposite of some crazy things that would happen certain days in the Marvel office because you never knew it could happen. And now Claremont writes at home, sends his script off to some artist and Europe that may or may not speak English and a lot of it has to be negotiated through the editor they can't have that collaboration they can't have that connection and there's a sterile element to the comics that come out now that even he isn't happy about that he's talked about in interviews Um, it's the reason the comics feel different now is because it's created in a completely different way and the process is completely different and the the need for the comic to be a certain thing is different too because it used to be you know this issue is going to do this this issue is going to do that now it's this story that's six issues told over half a year and you have to keep people's memory on this you don't assume it's anyone's first comic but you do have to assume that they don't remember the finer details of what might have happened technically four pages ago in your story because they last read it probably over 30 days ago it it's a different thing and it's less exciting um to create it's less exciting to read in a lot of ways and i say that as a big fan of his more recent output too um and with all that um i've been really trying to find ways to whittle down and it's been hard too because i'm in the middle of buying stuff and the way i buy it is i order online dcbs and so i have to order two months ahead so if i read an issue i've basically ordered the next two already and with there being a lot of five issue minis and stuff it feels like well i really need to cap off these five issue minis especially if i want to sell these things at all because having issues one two and three and then not four and five makes it really hard to sell the rest because uh, on ebay you're going to move a lot more if you have at least a full mini like that especially because you want small bundles like that because it meets a nice price point of being easy to dive into and whatnot but being enough to justify the shipping which is a lot of the cost for comics. So what I'm looking to do is cap off a number of things and then really kind of focus on what I'm interested in, especially for indies, uh, because I'd rather be getting a trade anyways, because like I said, like with Claremont books, but I mean, certainly more so with a five issue mini with its own individual characters that don't have colorful costumes and aren't just people and that sort of thing couple months out especially if there's a delay hard to remember that book amongst the other 60 i'm reading right now so 
I, uh, I, I'm looking to say, well, maybe I, it's probably worth the trade. And what I've been finding more and more, there are always exceptions, but on a trend line, um, for the amount you invest into the issues, especially with trades, especially with stuff like Image or Dark Horse, if you buy the trade cheap, you get the whole thing at last. And if you are to resell it probably two, three years down the line, A, it's easier, but B, you're more likely to actually get more out of it at a value proposition. But also as a reader, um, I think you get more to reading it like that. Like it is one story it's contained. That's how it's supposed to be. Also, this has been cropping up more and more and something I think is unfortunate but true is the trade gives them another chance to edit stuff. Um, I was just reading a Ninja Turtle book. It was uh, Ninja Turtles Stranger Things, I think, issue three. Um, there was a word bubble where the words went totally over the bubble. Small mistake happens rarely. I'm not even blaming the letter per se because I know the process for it. Um, my war against lettering being art should be in a separate episode but <laughs> um it was there it's an easy fix assuming they still have the access to the original psd i'm assuming they're working in just kind of button it up um, expand the bubble or shift the words or something and uh fit it all in But I'm willing to bet you in the trade that will be fixed. In the issue, though, it got out. What that editor was doing, I don't know. Um, it's a glaring mistake on the page. So that's another thing that there's a lot of little like maybe color things or maybe a few lines and there's stuff like that. Um, I should note, though, um, there is stuff like in the Sinestro Corps War at DC from <laughs> my youth uh there was a page in there that was a bit more gory than what was supposed to be and so to get it past some publishing standards what they thought would be better they actually edited the page to be a little less visceral when the trades came around which caused this big uproar about censorship i've looked at both i do think it's kind of a shame that a story about war needs to be canceled or brought down for violence essentially but um the truth is there's no real impact on the story the idea that it's censorship and not really meeting standards is interesting also it's kind of telling that it was that way for an american press america is if you look at it in a global sense uncomfortably comfortable with violence ultra violence blood gore all of that and excruciatingly shy around nudity or sexual themes not including anything that would actually be pornographic or whatnot but just part of human life the chance that you'll see someone get shot versus a boob is a good litmus test i think there uh yeah so I'm looking to reduce my diet the month-to-month books, and I have built up a literal room of trades and other comics to read. I have entire full runs of, like, all the major Marvel stuff, Fantastic Four, all the X books, some of which I've read through, Punisher, which I've read a lot through, but, like... Um, 
Fantastic Four, I think it just said, uh, Alpha Flight, so on and so forth, all the spider books um, that I want to get to. And I'm sitting here calling through like <laughs> over a dozen X books a month going, I like about half of these anymore and realizing like, what am I doing to myself? It's this completionist mindset that I put myself to that got me those older comics. But now, I don't know, it's hard. And that is coupled with the fact that Marvel is starting to charge more. Now, what was a big to-do recently was atop uh, whatever Spider-Man anniversary issue that was 10 bucks with all the back matter that I've seen a million times and tend to enjoy. Um, as someone who used to do a podcast about the secondary Spider-Man stuff, uh, finding it less charming time after time because it is clearly more of a content pull that they're getting people to fill and less a uh, ode to joy of people getting to touch a character they love even in a short way um we're seeing things like hickman doing gods and his other ultimate mini at the same time and it is a triple issue and it is at $10, which is slightly cheaper than buying three issues. And there's this big push against it. Marvel can't be charging this, this, and that. I don't know. And I don't know the quality of the book. Like I said, I'm good for a bit because it just came out. I'll get to see it next month, I don't believe either. Um, so I don't know. But I've been pushing for this idea for a long time. I would rather get a triple-sized issue every three months or so and get a nice chunk of a story and read it and wait for the next at a slightly cheaper value but also at a nice addition and also saving on shipping and all that and also allowing me to access that story because i genuinely believe a storyteller can do more with 60 pages at once than they can at 20 pages in three chunks because they have to remind you of things. They have to bring it forward. They have to kind of repeat and then kind of keep each issue at a soundness and more and more with the expansion of comic storytelling. Uh, I, I've seen the result and it is less compelling comics. Uh, I'll be curious to see how this example turns out but whether or not it does or not, I believe there's something to what I'm saying. But I do know it is not a foolproof or true solution. I think it would work for some things. Um, but certainly like, say, Amazing Spider-Man ships twice a month. Give me a double-sized issue, quote-unquote, every month. What would really be the difference, I wonder? A push for maybe needing less cliffhangers... But also then maybe we could have a few more pages of Aunt May that's been cut out since they moved from 22 to 20 pages on average. Um, because those two pages from the 20 to 22, those two extra pages used to be where characters would put in kind of a B or C plot where you get a lot of the character development that wasn't the big thing, but would be building to the bigger thing next and give it that serialized storytelling that works, that formula that works, that is the exact formula that a lot of the golden age of TV uh, built itself on. Mad Men, Sopranos, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Babylon 5. Uh, yeah, and let's not get it wrong. Babylon 5 really did 
launch a lot of that and the fact that J. Michael Straczynski went into comics and did that too is obvious. So, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot there. I, I'm looking to kind of punch down, but I, I don't know. I, I would just recommend people kind of look at what they're doing and realize now more than ever, there is so much access to comics way I didn't have um, when I was younger few stages of younger and there's so much there and there's so much great stuff because we're past the best era of comics and you can go back and read that so yeah i think that sums it up for now i hope you all are doing well and i hope you'll listen to the next thank you